Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. May whoever steals or alienates this book or mutilates it be cut off from the body of the church and held as a thing accursed. Welcome to Building Your Book Dedication, the eighth episode of Three Pagans and a Cat, and part two of our grimoire series. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr, and I did not laugh as much this time as I did <laughs> the last episode, so I'm proud of myself. <laughs> By the way, I'm Ode's father. And Mary Meat. My name is Gwyn, and I'm Ode's mother. <laughs> that was a traditional book curse from uh, manuscripts in the medieval times, back when they didn't have, I guess adequate locks and the monks were really worried about people stealing or destroying books and had like a long-standing tradition of threatening to excommunicate or like destroy by demons anyone who hurt a book. So I think that is incredibly interesting that they were basically <laughs> casting spells on their on their books these these monks. Well, I think you could definitely call that a curse. Yeah. 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 There's, there's no other curse, word that really goes you know, with that. I mean, you know, curse, spell, protection, whatever they mm -hmm. wanted to call it. Right. It was still a form of magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them got really creative with it. But uh, this was a pretty standard, you know, just like low-key, you'll be excommunicated. This one was tame. Uh-huh, yeah. All I want to say is, hello, pot, <laughs> meat kettle. Meat kettle. <laughs> hello, pot, meat cauldron. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, so in this episode, we're going to be continuing our Building the Book series. We're going to be talking, you know, last last episode, we, we just sort of covered the general overview of what a grimoire is. And now we're going to get into sort of the nitty gritty of uh, writing one. And we're going to be covering the first, what, what are, what most people include in their first few pages. Or throughout, depending right. on uh, how you organize your book. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, it's individual. Exactly. And, and on that note, before we get any further into it, I wanted to have a shout out to a listener, yes. Velocity Rose, who contacted us. Uh, they have a website at VelocityRose.com. Uh, I believe they're a musician. Mm -hmm. And uh, they contacted us to tell us about their book method, which is a little different from some of the ones we covered in the overview episode, and which Carr is actually adopting. What Velocity Rose does is they have a sequence of Google Docs where they um, copy and paste um, information uh, at like a first draft. Yep. And then... They, it goes through multiple editing passes and it gets all compiled into different sort of archival texts based on the content. So, you know, all the correspondences in one document, all the, the herb lore in another document and so on and so forth. Uh, and then all those drafts when they're, when they've gone through all their final edits, Velocity Rose has them self-published and has a print on demand copy of a physical book printed and sent to them, which I thought was so smart because it means you can, you know, if, if that copy ever gets, you know, gets candle wax dripped on it or something, you can, order another you can just order another one. Right. I think Velocity Rose also mentioned that uh, they find it easier to take it into or would find it or will mm -hmm. find it easier to take their, their Book of Shadows or their grimoire into the kitchen mm -hmm. or into yep. their spellcrafting space right? and not have to worry about holding exactly. it open, that kind of thing, that it'll just, it'll naturally be in a bound book that will just lay flat. Yeah. Right. So, it's, so that's also an advantage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of advantages to this method. And it lets you, especially when you're in the learning stages, do, you know, just sort of indiscriminately 
record all the information you're getting in those draft documents and then refine that information through the editing process and get it all, you know, organized and collated before you print it. And I think it's very, very smart. It is a very interesting method. It's not one that I would choose for myself personally, but I like the personal touch. I do like the personal touch. But however, as soon as I read Mm -hmm. their email, I thought, oh my God's car and owed (laughs) in their wheelhouse so i knew you guys would be totally down with it Uh absolutely well my handwriting sucks yes it does it's so and as i've told car i'm not doing it for him (laughs) so what i'm gonna do uh when it comes to doing the book is i'm going to create a font of my handwriting Mm -hmm. and then clean it up oh that's clever so that it's then (laughs) readable to the masses and to myself car has like an all caps handwriting style that um is odd. It's it's peculiar. It's very like um square, I guess I'd say. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's so it it doesn't it's hard to read if he goes on like a paragraph, but like his individual words are fine, so I think it'll make a really nice font actually. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, once that's done then I can print this for myself and stick mm-hmm. it on the Thanks. So I'm I'm already got a bunch of stuff lined up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you've been reading to us what you've already got saved. Right. Yep. yep. So so he is working on his book. He's just uh-huh. doing it on Google online. Docs. Right. Yep. And I'm more than happy to share that with people. So if they're interested to know what it looks like, yeah, I don't send care. us send us a comment. Send us a comment. Let it me know, and I'll send you a link to it on my Google Drive so mm-hmm. that you can see how I'm kind of going through this process. And as a reminder, tell our listeners what your path is. Oh yeah, so I'm part of the ADF or the Andrak Fane. I'm particularly interested in Celtic mm-hmm. uh, gods, and but. The ADF has multiple paths that right. you can do through them. Mm-hmm. They're very flexible. Um, they're, yeah, yeah, I believe there are Hellenic paths and there are mm-hmm. Norse paths mm-hmm. and yeah. probably Kemetic paths. Who yep. knows? There are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, you can be on just about any path mm-hmm. and go through the ADF. I think you can even be secular yep. in the ADF. You certainly can. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Yep. If anybody needs information that they would like from Carr to share, if you have a similar view or interest in his path. He just said he'd be happy to help. Yep. I'm happy to share everything I have. I so, just do a lot of research. Yeah. Because yeah. we have a podcast to do it all. So. <laughs> Even if we didn't have things. a podcast, you'd still be doing that. That's, That's true. true. So would you. <laughs> That's to I, do, I do have way, way many links. Car has mad Google foo. Yes, yeah. I do. So thanks to thanks again to Velocity Rose for, for sharing that, um, that method with us, especially since it, it has, you know, completely revolutionized the way Car is doing his. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have to do the three-ring binder after all. (laughs) And that said, if you have a different idea of how to do one, send us an email or go on the website and put a comment on Mm -hmm. this particular uh, episode that's going up or the blog that will actually go up that will talk about all the links that we talk about in this Mm -hmm. episode as well. The point is there is no wrong way to do it. And if somebody has a creative or innovative, Uh innovative, I can't say that word, innovative way to, uh, to create their book, that they were, are willing to share, mm-hmm. sure. please yep. do. Definitely. Yeah, because you never know who it's going to resonate with. Yeah. Now that, that we've covered that, uh, we're going to get into the actual content of this episode, uh, which is, as you may have guessed from the title, about dedications and the, the very beginning process of your book. So one of the first things we want to cover for this episode, and one of the first things you want to do, at least when you have a physical book, is cleansing. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you may depending on where you are with your tradition, already be familiar with uh, cleansing. You may have done it for your other altar Mm -hmm. tools. 
But especially if you're doing it with a book that you got from like a store mm-hmm. or that you found at a yard sale or something like that. That's true. You probably want to cleanse the book um, before you do anything with yeah, it. Yeah, because you don't want anybody else's energy mm-hmm. affecting what your book is for. Exactly. Well, and if you got it, I mean, if you got it like from a pagan store, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, it there may just, stuff. there may be just some, you know, some lingering energy on it that you want to deal with. Absolutely. Or it could be over and cleansed. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. We've got a, we've got a, um, a new age store in our area that feels just like a spiritual dead space to me. There's yeah, nothing it really, in it. It really does. <laughs> Except that one time we went in and then we felt repelled. Uh-huh. But <laughs> that's but, a whole other issue. But most of the time there's just, it just feels like it's it's been cleansed to hell and back again. And there is no room for anything in it, which is wild for an esoteric store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I strange. get the impulse, I think, but, like, leave a little room for spirits. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> isn't it? It's a very interesting vibe. But going back to that, mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the point and that's, is... And that is something worth considering. Like, you want to cleanse your book, mm-hmm. but you don't need to cleanse your book repeatedly. Exactly. Cleanse it at the beginning so that you can fill it with your energy, and then don't cleanse it again. Otherwise, you'll get all your energy off of it. Exactly. Right. It's your book. Um, you know, you want to claim it, mm-hmm. so to speak. And in, in essence, this book really does become your partner because mm-hmm. in, a, in what you're doing. So it does take sort of an all, extension, of, yeah, yourself. An extension yeah. of yourself. So it does take on your energy. Mm-hmm. But you also want to be careful of what materials you use to cleanse your book, because yep. depending on what type of material the book is made of. Yeah. You, know, you, you know, don't want to use holy water. No immersing you've got, your book you know, in moon water. Exactly. Like you might do for a crystal. Now, it's different if you want to use moon water or some kind of holy water. Or you could do an water. asparaging or you something. You could do very lightly, you know, with your fingers, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. An anointing, basically. An anointing. But very just, lightly. You know, it just, you can do that. But I found that for my book, which is uh, leather bound mm-hmm. and has the acid-free paper. Yep. The archival, archival paper yeah. I found for myself, um, just saging it was appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, smoke for, cleansing, mm-hmm. smoke cleansing. Is, a, is a pretty traditional. You actually sent me an article, Gwen, months and months ago, that there was a study done, and I'll, I'll include this in the blog. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a study done that found certain smoked herbs actually remove bacteria mm-hmm. from the air. So I guess there's a scientific basis for there smoke is. cleansing, uh, at least in, in some instances. I do believe sage was included in that I think it study. was. But there are there are a lot of smokes you can use. Oh, yeah. Sage is a traditional one. Cedar, Palo mm-hmm. Santo, that kind of thing. Lavender. Mm-hmm. Um, any of the protective or cleansing uh, herbs. herbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you use can it as a smoke. You can also... Um, Assuming you don't have to worry about your smoke alarm. That's true. You can <laughs> also put your book in the light of the moon, of the full right? moon. You can uh, leave it sit with a crystal, a mm-hmm. charged crystal on top if of it. If you're super worried about it, you could immerse your book in salt. Yes, you could. But I wouldn't feel that that was necessary unless your book was already like mega cursed. <laughs> yeah, I'm unless you're really feeling negative energy toward it. Uh-huh. I would be more inclined to put it in a a, a circle of salt mm-hmm. and uh, leave it there with a crystal on top that's charged for positive energy and mm-hmm. your energy and I cleanse would, it that way. What I would do actually is I would put it in a circle of salt and I would put something like onyx on top onyx to would draw be good, to ne- in any negativity kind of that's already there that negative energy yeah and then do another round of imbuing it with positive energy mm-hmm. after and i remove the negative energy and then obviously holding it in you in your hands when you're ready to charge it with your purpose mm-hmm. and it's worth considering you may not 
necessarily want to remove wholesale any energy that's on the book. It's true. Depends on the type of energy that's, that's exactly well, with and it. and if it's like a book that you inherited, or mm-hmm. you know, it's got like especially if it's um if it's someone else's book of shadows from your family that that was passed down to you, which I'm intending to do mm-hmm. eventually. I'm intending to pass my grimoire yeah. to Ode, uh, and you're planning to just continue the book. You may not want to to cleanse it and remove the energy that it already has. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, this is a case by case basis kind of thing. Go with how you feel, you know. Mm-hmm. Just if the book sure makes you feel hinky, cleanse it. Cleanse it. If it doesn't, don't. Then, yeah, exactly. It's, it might not need it. Mm-hmm. It might just be open and ready for use for you technophobes. Or, no, techno- technophiles. Thank technophiles. you. That's the word. Technophobes. technophobes, technophobes the opposite. The Luddites. <laughs> the <laughs> technophiles. How would you? Would you cleanse a, uh, a book of shadows or grimoire that you created Good on, question. Online? And how would you go about it? I don't know. Because you're dealing with hypothetical space. Mm-hmm. You're right. dealing with bits and bytes and, you know, right. number information, basically. Well, then maybe a simple incantation or, or an intention that your uh, that your online book of shadows or your online grimoire or your, you know, your... Right. Well, however, your notepad, your file, right. notepad or... file is protected from viruses or... You know, I would do that. Like that. I might do a cleansing for a device, but not for a file. I think because the file is like a page in a True. book, True. not the book itself. Mm-hmm. So the same way, I wouldn't cleanse an individual page. I wouldn't cleanse an individual file. That that sounds. But like I might cleanse my computer. All the book, like if you just exactly if it's hmm. You know, it's just one. If it's I'm all, not doing that. Right, doing but if it's just all in files. one or document. even not necessary simply because of the I space think there's of where an ex- it exists. I think there's an extent to which, at least to me, um, like a notepad file feels very neutral. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it doesn't come with... But then again, I use my desktop computer almost exclusively for all of my projects. Right. And so it just would feel neutral to me because it's just... Mine. And you're the only person. Yeah, I'm the it. only it's person true. who touches this computer. It's only right. ever had me at it. Right. That's true. Yeah. I've, so, it, like, it's never even had, like, a maintenance person touch it except one time. And then I did all of the actual repair work. Right. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. just had a guy identify that the hard drive was smoking and should be removed. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I guess it goes down to do what feels right to you. If you feel like the device yeah. itself needs to be cleansed or dedicated in some way, maybe a, de- maybe a simple dedication. Yeah, maybe. Which is, and, I think, and kind when, of our next... And when you, when you deal with stuff that's online, that's mm-hmm. not even hosted on a machine... Right. You know, because like on a, a Google Doc isn't really hosted on your machine. It's hosted in the cloud. Right. Yeah. I don't think yeah. you can really cleanse the cloud. No, that's true. Might can could you? you? <laughs> but could you? But could you cleanse the cloud? Right. Tech witches, get at me. Can yeah, we cleanse right. the cloud? That would be interesting. Yeah, because think of all the other stuff that's Exactly. There. There's oh. so much shit up in the cloud. Right. Tech witches, get at me. Can we <laughs> cleanse the cloud, though? That would be an interesting, that's an interesting project. That would be an interesting project. I feel like it would need, you would definitely need a lot of people working on it, but. Well, the the thing is, I just watched Hackers, Uh the old movie with Uh Angelina Jolie. Classic, yeah. Oh, shoot. Who's the guy who plays plays elementary right now? Anyway, uh, so, but it's basically that. It's all of these hackers working together in order to kill something Mm -hmm. off that's bad. Uh Uh-huh. That's kind of in the space. And so, 
It's very right. Yeah, it's a possibility to think about people. Tech witches get at me. Okay. Okay. All right. We've covered. Now I want to put that together. I threw a question out there and it kind of went down a rabbit hole. Well, that's that's that is our way. I'm sorry. Have you missed? Did did you not? Have you missed an episode? Did you not know what podcast you were on? (laughs) Oh God. Okay. So, but the next step after cleansing your book would be dedicating it. Right. Yeah. Which is well, and there are, there are sort of two different kinds of dedications you're going to want to do here. The first one is dedicating the book, mm-hmm. which I like to think of as telling the book what it is. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, your mileage may vary on this, but I think that the tools you use acquire a kind of limited sense of self. A kind of limited identity, Mm -hmm. um, especially the more that you use them. And I think a tool that you use very regularly and that you put a lot of yourself into, like a grimoire, is going to develop as an extension of you and have a kind of limited presence presence or, you know, identity or sentience or, or, you know, sense of being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, it's important uh, at a very early stage, probably on the very first page of your book, to tell your book, okay, here's what you are. Here's what your job is. Mm -hmm. I did that with my own. And I have a, I dedicated my book on Ostara last year. And I have a very specific incantation Mm -hmm. on it that charges the book, uh, protects the book. Uh, it is my grimoire. My, mm-hmm. you know, my seal is on it. I literally sealed it with blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have uh, a bit of a warning on the final page. Right. That anyone who is to use this knowledge needs to remember to keep it, <laughs> to quote from, I believe it was the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, keep it secret. Keep it secret and keep it safe. So, um, and that's book curses and stuff like that. We'll right, get into that exactly. later on. But, but my point is. But just is, in terms of dedications. But in terms of dedications for myself. I chose Ostara. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to do it on a Sabbat. A new beginning Sabbat. A new beginning Sabbat. And I wanted to seal it with a charge to the elements to protect the book, as well as my own, again, use of my own blood. Right. So that it is mine. Right. It has my identity stamped on it. And I think that it, it's individual for what people want to do. Now, some people might just want to do a simple blessing. They can do that too. Sure. Yeah. Like I said, your mileage may vary. You may not consider your book a living entity. This Mm -hmm. is, and this may be some sort of like fringe. I I haven't looked into this. I don't know if this is like a fringe theory that I have, but like, I think spells, especially like long-term spells that are, Mm -hmm. that are, that have, you know, physical components acquire an identity and Mm -hmm. are sort of uh, uh, doing a job you've given to them. That's true. You know, and just sort of doing the day-to-day task Mm -hmm. work of that, of that spell. I feel like there's a, a presence there performing that action repeatedly agreed you know and and i think that's part of why you know disposing of spell components respectfully and Mm -hmm. and releasing the the tulpa or identity that you've created in the process of making that spell is an important part of spell work and i think the same thing should be true of your your altar tools and your your grimoire Mm -hmm. but like i said i don't know how fringy that is true and again as i said it depends on the individual and what Mm -hmm. they want to do with their book for me I did a very specific type of dedication. Right. But not, but like you didn't say, hello book, here's your job. Not specifically. Right. It, that it wasn't that kind of a process for me, but for you it is. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was more of a dedication of myself. And this. In this book and this book to my work. Right. 
And I think I think there's an extent maybe to which like my position on this is like a really extended animism, Mm -hmm. which if you're not animistic, maybe won't make sense to you. Mm -hmm. But like it's 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 related to sort of the idea that, you know, trees have spirits in them. Rocks Mm -hmm. have spirits in them. Every it's very Celtic of you. Everything has a spirit. It's pretty Probably Norse too. too. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Everything has a spirit in it. Has right. a has a vatir attached to it. Has right. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh. Has something that has a concern with it and has its own orlog and destiny and you know. And I think that's again that's valid for what works for you. Right. This is what worked for me. Again, as I was saying, I think you know for some other people a simple blessing would work, and the, you can come up with that on your own. There are a number that are available online or in um, a variety of books on Wicca or witchcraft. Um, there's more books on Wicca than there are on witchcraft. Or on any other path at all. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> you just cut whatever feels right for you for dedicating your book, blessing your book, charging your book, telling your book who it is and what it's doing. Um, you know, all of those things. It, it's dependent on the individual. There's another um, tradition that might be relevant here, again, with the sort of like there's a spirit in your book concept, that I think it's Celtic, where you, you wassail the orchard to wake it up. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Um, so there, you know, you may want to do some sort of awakening ritual with your book to, to wake up whatever spirit is already in it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like as the, you know, over this process... Of again, I didn't follow the right, exact right. idea that you did, but I feel like over the last year and over however many years that I am working on this book, mm-hmm. you know, it it does it is evolving a personality of its own, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, it has an energy of its own that as it, distinct from just as your distinct energy from mine, and it is it is in essence my partner in the craft, mm-hmm. just as the plants and the herbs that I work with, the stones, the Ooh. you know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is my book. You know, and I'm very protective of my book. And um, it, it does, it, it does take on its own essence or aura, mm-hmm. if you will. And I have a protective spirit that I, oh, over this book, it is Yes, it is imaged by a sticker of an owl. It's, just, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a sticker of an owl with a knife that I got when I kickstarted a set of uh, pins uh, that are supposed to be witches' familiars with knives. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have, I have, I got, and my rewards were I got a set of stickers with all of them, and I got an enamel pin with a snake with a knife. <laughs> so Ode gave one to me, uh-huh. and I thought it would be appropriate to put it on the first page of my grimoire. And, and that's was, another mm-hmm. point is that it doesn't it's your fucking book. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know? What you want in it what is the right stuff to have in it. It's the right stuff yeah. for you. So if you want to put a sticker in it, put a sticker in it. Mm-hmm. You know. The whatever. only aura mine gives off is black light. Well fair. <laughs> but um it, it does over time, I do believe it it takes on an identity. An identity. And um I don't know that mine will ever have that. Do you think that's because it's in the cloud? No, 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 I don't. I think it's just, I think it's just because who of who I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I am not as spell heavy. Right. Yeah. Um, you don't, you don't really do magic. Right. I you've, really don't do right. magic. You've watched us do magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is fair. And, and I think that's important to, for people to know. Right. So mine will be. This is a good perspective too. Cause you know, Carr doesn't do magic. He still has a grimoire. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Mine's just all the, uh, the 
a sundry things right. put together. The religious that, stuff. The religious stuff, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. That uh, that I think is important for me. So I'm putting mm-hmm. it all together in one place. Exactly. Because it comes from multiple sources. I right, mean, exactly. <laughs> no, nobody has it in which way I would consider it perfect. So I'm stealing from everybody else to make yep. it perfect mm-hmm. for me. That's yeah, exactly. that's because um, that's syncretism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> in a nutshell. That's right. syncretism. Well, and you know, we came from, and you two especially came from a revealed religion with a sacred book, mm-hmm. right? And now we're all in traditions that don't have an individual sacred text, right? So yeah. figure it out. Good luck. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, I and that... the process of making a grimoire is the process of figuring it out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that can take us maybe into our next topic because we, you know, we've talked about, you know, you want to dedicate, dedicate your, your book, book, your name, your book. I put a protection spell on my book as well. Right. Which Ode always chuckles about, but it does seem to work. She put a notice <laughs> me not on it. I can't find that book anywhere in the house. No, I didn't. I, didn't, I frequently I forget. I there, frequently yeah. forget that she has one, yeah. and that's the point. And I will tell you my secret, a little bit of it. I'm not going to tell you my spell. You'll have to figure it out for yourself. But I am a Doctor Who fan, and so on one of the episodes of Doctor Who, they did this thing where people were basically yeah uh, the perception yeah filter. the per- yeah. it was a perception filter. So I made a magical version of a perception filter spell and put it on my book. And I also put it on the cabinet where it's located. Uh So it works. It does. (laughs) You know, so. So it's a Whovian grimoire? Yeah. (laughs) I got the idea from who on how to, uh, how to shield my book. Because I actually was looking online, you know, how can you protect your book? How Mm -hmm. can you shield your book? And there there are are a variety of things. Like, for instance, Llewellyn, in one of their spell spell of the day, they have actually a spell to protect your book of shadows, and it's a very good spell. There are some other ones that you mm-hmm. can look online well, spells and, and to protect your book, but I wanted something specific for me right. and for my book. And the idea of a perception of just filter, discouraging attention of just away discouraging from it, discouraging attention. I'm that definitely works. finding a Monty Python version to do for this. There I you just go. am. It's just who I am. You it's, could probably do that. Yeah. Hey, I'm probably but, sure. but you know what? The reason it worked for me is because it yeah. works for me. Yes. Right. Right. That's, it is how I identify protecting my book is just drawing yeah. attention away. If nobody from it. sees it, nobody right. can touch it. It's a perception yeah. filter. So. And it's not like, like, and I want to be, I want to be clear. It doesn't make the book invisible. No, anything. not at all. But it means that like, I just don't think about it. Exactly. Like even when we're talking about witchcraft and like mom will be like, hey, go get me my book. You and there's a, that. and there's yeah. a second where my brain's like, what book? And then I have to be. But where is it, though? Even though I know where the magic cabinet is. Both of them. Yeah. yeah. They're in the kitchen. Right. Exactly. And so that's They're the next to the spice cupboard. <laughs> I get into that all the time. But And just tell everybody where my book is. But <laughs> Well, they're unlikely to be in our house. True, true. But uh, the point is... If it works, whatever works for you to protect your book. Right. Even if all you want to do is a simple key lock, Mm -hmm. you can do that. Or you can do, like I did, some kind of a spell, um, forget me. Uh, A notice me not. A notice me not spell, a perception (laughs) filter spell. However you want to protect it. So by key lock, you mean like physical? Yeah, a physical Although you could, the thing is you could... You could add like a magical protection to a physical lock. Yes, you could. Right. Absolutely. You know, you it could, just will not open you for could, anybody. Yeah. But your, you know, you, but you, you. could put what what <laughs> would functionally be, I guess, a little tiny hex on it mm-hmm. that it only opens for you, and if it if it mm-hmm. if anybody else tries to use it, it doesn't work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just a little bitty hex. 
A little bitty hex. A bitty hex. A little bitty bitty baby hex. (laughs) But anyway, the point is these things work. Uh We're we're magical people. Use your skills and what you know of your craft to protect your book. Mm -hmm. Yep. You could also use... Sigils, yes, are a pretty common one. Yep, actually, I have a couple. Um, up. and even and if you don't like, if you're not comfortable with sigils because you don't understand them or or something, uh, I mean they're pretty simple, but for like they just don't gel with everybody. You could just use what are like standard protective symbols, like pentagrams mm-hmm. and uh, what's that Italian one you like? Oh, the uh, the ch- chimaruda. Yeah, the, the chimaruda. chimaruda. You know, there are there are protective. You know, s- there's protective symbology mm-hmm. across the world. You know, and if there's Celtic one that, shield. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, helm know. of awe. If there's one that, that resonates with you, helm of awe would be kind of a weird one to put on a book, but uh, hey, people put it on all kinds of things. Uh, <laughs> you can also find just on things like Pinterest. I'm looking at an entire page of sigils that are all book protection sigils. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, they all, that like, actual, like that, that regular sigil practitioners exactly. have been constructed. Like one yeah. says... The Book of Shadows is protected. Another is my magical abilities are now, strong. You know, now I think, however you want to make it for you, I, personal for you. Personally, I think that sigils work better when you make them yourself because yes. that makes them... You're putting your attention into them. Well, there's that. But also, like, three people with the same phrase to make a sigil from mm-hmm. will make, on average, 25 different sigils. Yeah. Because, like, in the process of making one sigil, I usually make, like, ten and mm-hmm. choose the one that's most correct for this moment. And I would mm. like to say, I don't recommend people going on Pinterest and seeing these and copying that. I'm saying go on there, see what some other people right. have done, and get your inspiration on what you might want to say for your yeah. phrase to create your sigil that works for you your book, and your situation. Right. Not copying what somebody else and, has done, but creating something just from the ideas that are right. available. Right. Um, and that's if you're using, you know, the chaos method uh, of sigil creation. But there are other methods of sigil creation if if you're more into those. Yeah. yeah. So, more arty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the yeah. point is, I personally think it's good to protect your book. This right. is your book of shadows or your grimoire. It is your, it is you figuring out what your path is. Mm-hmm. It's important to protect it. Yep. Uh, another thing I saw people doing to, to protect their book was um, using pressed herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I guess, bay leaves and mm-hmm. some of the protective herbs and putting them in the front cover of yep. the book. Yep. In you like a pocket. That. You can absolutely do that. I have, um, as we've mentioned in, other pod- in another podcast, I have um, various pressed flowers and herbs in my book, not as a part of the protection. Right. But because of their overall qualities... I, I believe that they aid in they, protecting they just add. in the just, just sort of ambiently, there. yeah, mm-hmm. ambiently being in there. They are they're already they are doing that purpose. Right, they they're, are protecting. They're, they're doing whatever their usual whatever their job usual is. job is. Exactly, that's the same reason even why, without being activated or yes, and it's the same reason why I have uh, those plants either outside on our balcony right. or on my altar or somewhere in our house. Uh, because that is that is so, what, what they do, and I ask them to do that for me. So, slight tangent. Do you think, like, the bay leaves in our spice cupboard do ambient protection? I think they do, personally, especially if you're a kitchen witch. And do you think they get more activated if, like, they're close to... So, like, do you think the herbs in that, that you've pressed in your book mm-hmm. are radiating more ambient whatever they do 
more ambient job mm -hmm. um, because you've put a protection spell on your book generally, and therefore they're getting like a like a like a, a cross contaminated uh, activation. I wouldn't say cross contaminated. Yeah, I, but like a like, but like a a boost, like an osmotic. I think so. I think so. I and I think honestly, I think every time I add something to this book that has either a pentacle or has some kind of protective nature to it, I think it not only strengthens the the symbolism of that of that um, either herb or symbol, mm -hmm. but I think it also it strengthens the spell that's already on the book. Right. So yeah, I think it all corresponds together. That's my personal take on it. Other people may have a different view. It's interesting. It's time for reviews. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice nice, nice musical little segue. sting. <laughs> nice nice musical sting. Now thing. you got to do it every time. Yep. <laughs> now you 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 have you tricked yourself. <laughs> um, well, from now on I'm just cutting this piece of the podcast out and I'll just insert it in every other one. I'm not as dumb as I look. Alrighty then. Um, so this week we're going to be, conveniently since we were just talking about sigils, uh, we're going to be reviewing a book called Magnus Liber Sigillorum. By? By, hang on, the author's not on the front. Rabbi? Rabbi Yosef M. Cohen. Yes. Is the, he... is the author of the original Hebrew manuscript. Yep. And we have a translation. Yep. Yeah, this is a translation. And I'm it's not... an abridged translation. Yep. And I'm not sure who the rabbi was who, who did that. Who did the translation? Who did the translation. Yeah, I don't know. Because I see who... It, maybe, it was, maybe it was Rabbi Yosef maybe Michael it was. Cohen. I don't know. Maybe he's, he's bilingual. Yeah, it's Rabbi Cohen is actually the one who sent us the book. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, so he must have done the translation. And um, and he did the translation. And just after so you, years of research is my understanding. Mm -hmm. Just so you know, he did send us the book for free. Right. Um, for an unbiased review, yep. I need to say that up front, yep. so that everybody yeah. knows. Um, there will be a separate blog review of just this book as well that'll go up. Mm -hmm. um, at some point. But, yep, at some point. At some point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty intense book. It, it is. is an intense book. And I, I spent, you know, I read it cover to cover. Um, I do think it's incredibly interesting. And ra the rabbi did an incredible amount of research into it. It's very dense. It's very dense. However, I would say that um, for this book to be useful to a practitioner, they would have to be familiar with Hebrew. Um, and they would yeah. have to be familiar with Kabbalistic tradition. Probably. Right. And uh, because for me, just, you know, in general, there's not a lot in this book that I could personally pull out and use in my own practice. Well, and a lot of it, the sort of the first, I guess, third yeah, why don't of you the, describe what it, the, what it the, is. The, the first third of the book is uh, really the, the alphabets, the celestial alphabets. Most of which are attributed to like individual angels, mm -hmm. very specifically. Very yes, they they have they have specific attestations. Like um, this is the Arch Arch Archangel Michael's. Well, we got alphabet. Raphael, and Raphael. Gaziel I'm just throwing and, names out there, but right. off the top of my head, Zedekiel. And yeah, yeah. Some that I can't pronounce. Lots of yells. Lots of yells. There's actually a note in here about why they were they were actually um, mm -hmm. the angel angel names were transliterated that way. Right. But the point is, these are individual angels and their individual alphabets. Their alphabets, yeah. Right. And then there's uh, several versions of what seems to be just sort of a general celestial alphabet. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't get into where these alphabets came from. Like well, what what, what sources they were derived historically, from. Historically, yeah. yeah. Historically. Um, they're, all, they're all very similar. 
They're all based in Hebrew. Right, yes. They they all, each seal in, in the individual angelic alphabets corresponds to a Hebrew letter. Some of them are missing letters, uh, and those are noted. So that makes it difficult for someone, again, as I said, for someone who doesn't know Hebrew, there is no corresponding to what it might be in the English alphabet. I took Hebrew in college, mm-hmm. two semesters of it. I still had a hard time following <laughs> yeah. along. So. Yeah. so this is very, it's very academic. It's very dense. Again, the rabbi did an extensive mm-hmm. years of research into this. The part, honestly, so for me, the alphabets were interesting, but right. they're not something and it was, that I could What use. I found really interesting, and maybe this is because I never really intended to use them, but what I found really interesting was sort of comparing, cross-referencing mm-hmm. the alphabets to note the correspondences. And like, it, it's really interesting how... Like, the the alphabets of, like, there will be, like, two alphabets attributed to Raphael, and it's interesting to go through and see, although the shapes are different, they'll have, like, each letter will have the same number of dots and lines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, like, that kind of, but, but, like, arranged differently. So that's interesting, and, it, I, you know, I wonder sort of how those differences came about. Yeah. And, and that's why I guess I would like more, more information, information yeah. on, on where these came from so mm-hmm. that I could do that. I, I but, but this is an abridged... Copy, yeah, so it isn't a bridge copy. I personally felt, and then I'm going to tell you about the part that of, of the book that I mm-hmm. really liked. Yeah, there's 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 some more interesting stuff further on um, that we'll get into in a minute. But uh, what I would have found helpful as a non-Hebrew reading person, right. a person who does not have experience in the Kabbalah or right. uh, any of the of the Hebrew mystic traditions, um, I would have found some. Uh, you know, just background. some background. Yeah. So at the back, you know, in the end, some appendixes at, at the back of the book, just explaining so where, again, where some of these alphabets came mm-hmm. from, what their historical, uh, what, their, signif- uses what their uses were, what the historical significance was. It's a very, it's a very short little book, mm-hmm. which is why I feel like that additional. Yeah, it doesn't have page numbers, so I can't tell you. No, it really doesn't. Is, but but I, it would have been helpful to me as a reader, just to have that background information so I could understand a little bit more about what mm-hmm. I was reading. But the part of it that I found really interesting was that the was the second half of the book mm-hmm. that was essentially spells. Yeah, well, it was and um, rituals. It was it it got into amulets mm-hmm. and talismans and like how they can be used for exorcisms mm-hmm. and how healing, they can, I think. for there healing. Was some healing. Um, love spells. Mm-hmm. It's very compelling, very interesting. Yeah, the, the descriptions of the exorcisms go on for some time, and those are very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's one that's like seven or eight pages long describing yeah. how to tell the demon to get out and how to invoke the necessary mm-hmm. angels and how to how to protect the, the person who's been possessed during mm-hmm. the process mm-hmm. and like how I- to... Force the demon to leave by exactly. a specific limb so that it doesn't do damage to the rest of the body. And I, I do again think it's important to note that these are all very Hebrew specific. Yeah, they, I, I, very I, I very much Jewish get the impression. I very specific. much get the impression that they don't work unless you are Jewish. I get the impression that not only do these not work if you're not Jewish, but they don't work if you're not like sufficiently pure. Yeah, or... and have the faith. In uh, not only God, but in those specific angels that they're calling upon? I don't know. It doesn't really get into, like, a necessity for faith. And my understanding is that, like, the Jewish relationship with faith is different from the Christian relationship True. with faith. That's and I don't want to get into that because no, I'm not no. I'm not versed on it. Frankly, neither am I. Right. Some of these spells, like, you have to do on, like, specially purified deer skin mm-hmm. and, you know, so it's very, it's, it's mm-hmm. really interesting. I wouldn't call it practical, necessarily. No. Um, and, and the thing is, I don't know if it would be practical even if you are Jewish and 
I think it depends on if you are a, a Hebrew practitioner or have a background right. in Hebrew who understands myth- Jewish mysticism. Right. If you are into Jewish mysticism, I think you would really enjoy here's, this book. Here's what I'd and say. You have, I think it's an interesting book to have in your it library. Is here's what I would say about Magnus Lieber's Sigillorum. Mm-hmm. Is that it is not a text you need to have on your own. Like on its own. You need to have like another book. A source material. Or several probably. You need like a library. And this is like the key to that library. So that you can understand some small part of Jewish mysticism. Oh, a a significant. I know, but I'm saying. You need more background for this book to be useful to you. Exactly. So unless you have an extensive background in the Kabbalah, uh, Hebrew. In, in Hebrew, 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 like Jewish this, mysticism. this is, this is a tra- I mean, it's in English, but I still feel like there are definitely times where I feel like an, a, an understanding of the language would right. be helpful. Hebrew would be more useful to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, again, I would just reiterate, this is for a person who is versed in those practices. Yeah. It's not for a beginner. No, this is an advanced user manual. Absolutely yeah. advanced. Yep. Absolutely. But it was interesting. It was definitely interesting. And I want yeah. to thank you. And I, I enjoyed reading thank it. thank the definitely. rabbi for sending it to us to look at and to review. Mm-hmm. And I would I would definitely recommend it for an experienced user. Yeah. Uh, I, for for someone who, who is experienced uh, with the Kabbalah, I would definitely recommend Jewish it. Jewish mysticism. Exactly. I, w- I would definitely recommend this. And I mean, I guess there may be some high magicians who would get some use out of it because they have cribbed oh, from... Point. Right. The Kabbalah, mm-hmm. but I would caution those people that this is very specifically very specific like to their religion. Yeah, it's it's religious. Yeah. Yes. So if you're gonna borrow from this, do it respectfully. Yeah. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing all three of us kind of have an issue with is just lifting. Th- I mean, we are we are syncretic. You know, we're syncretic. I'm specifically very syncretic. Very syncretic. But we want, if we're going to borrow from another specific religion, we want to do it very Especially if it's a closed religion. Especially if it's a closed religion. If it's a closed religion. And you you all may have noticed that just in our talk earlier when we were talking about cleansing. Yeah, we don't call it smudging. We don't call it smudging. Because smudging is a very specific spiritual practice performed by the First Nations tribes in America. Right. Mm-hmm. And not all of them, even, but some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just like smoke cleansing, mm-hmm. like you do in your house and we do in our house. It's like a whole spiritual ritual r- and thing. religious thing. Right. So we choose to call it cleansing herbs or, mm-hmm. or, or smoke, smoke cleansing, cleansing or, or cleansing right. just because we don't want to take away from a religious exactly. practice and be especially you know, from a community that's already been extensively exactly. stolen from right. we just want to be respectful i yeah. think is the most important thing we want to be respectful to other people's exactly. religious practices um, and, and, and so please do be respectful if mm-hmm. you're gonna you know get magnus liber sigillorum right bear in mind where it comes from and that it and has be a respectful of that source yep. yeah Yep. So it's a uh, rabbi Michael Joseph Cohen is the gentleman who wrote it. It is ninety pages. Aha! Mm-hmm. It doesn't and have page numbers, so it's hard yeah. to tell. <laughs> it's hard to tell. It's in a very interesting script too, because mm-hmm. it's, it's it looks old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we will link to where you can buy it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On our website, it's uh, currently twenty five dollars. It's not a cheap book. No. Nope, no. Nope. But. It, because it's such heavy material, exactly. I think, I think it's, it's worth, worth it. that for, the, for what you get. For so. the experienced practitioner, 
who uh, understands yeah. who has who, like a, a grounding who in has this a philosophy. grounding in this philosophy. Yep. It would be a val a very valuable resource. Yes, yeah. I agree. And I I just enjoyed reading through it. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, like I said, the absolutely. the descriptions of the exorcism Were he describes he describes two I think or three maybe yeah. different uh, exorcisms, and yeah. they're very very interesting. They're yeah. fascinating yeah. accounts. Mm -hmm. yeah. So so if you just want it for that, yeah, it's worth I mean, it too. Yeah, I, I agree. That, you know, it's a. Uh, it's, it's it's a window into an experience most people are not going to right. get. Exactly. exactly, yeah. Exactly. So, cool. That's yeah. it for the review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent. All right. Wow. Oh, my God. We now, well, have, we now have music interludes. We, we do. Good for us. Now, that's oh, okay. how you know you've made it as a podcast. I, I would just interludes. like to say that, that your father is turning a very interesting shade of red <laughs> right now. He's slightly embarrassed, I guess. Well, I'm, you know, there's a reason why I always worked behind the scenes in the uh, music industry. All right. Well, since we were just talking about religion, let's move on to... Uh, deities, because that may be something you're going to want to cover in your book. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if if you're a religious witch, or in, like, the case of Carr, like, just a druid, or, right. you know... Yeah. A, a religious pagan. Right. Yeah. Um, you may want to, you know, name and honor your gods in your book. Um, you may want to do that with the whole pantheon. You may want to do that just with uh, specific gods you feel close to or have a, a relationship with. You, there may be gods in your pantheon who have correspondences to the subject of your book. You know, like Odin, there's this whole thing where he went and stole the meat of poetry and brought it back to the gods and men. You know, so you might invoke somebody like that or Bragi, who is the, the actual god of poetry in, in Norse mythology. You might invoke someone like that to be like, hey, I'm writing this book. Can you lend me some assistance? I actually have done the whole pantheon, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. as much as we know, right? Um, uh, and and because Celtic stuff is very location diverse. specific, yeah. there are a lot of gods that were for this one little area mm -hmm. of Kent during you know. So mm -hmm. it's but but the ability to have them all, I think, helps me just because mm -hmm. I it gives you a full it, list. It of gives me a full list. But then I'm highlighting the ones that I, in particular, worship. Mm -hmm. So, bolding, as it were. because mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> because you're in the cloud. Right, exactly. Cloud. So, I can just command <laughs> be it and we're good. Uh-huh. Which, again, for me is great because then I can be like, oh, yeah, that one makes right. sense. Right. And then if you, if your, if your opinions change or if you get new information. But I can. Uh-huh. You can, yes, you can make those <laughs> you can noises. You make those noises. <laughs> <laughs> and make changes to your yes, to, to the cloud. You can undo the bulb. Yes, uh -huh. that's what I meant to say. <laughs> sure, you did. <laughs> um, I, now, as for me, I'm a, a secular witch. Mm -hmm. I don't really have a, a religious component in my grimoire. So I'm I'm curious because you do have a a relationship of some kind with Brigid. Mm -hmm. Is she in your book at all? Not really. No. Interesting. It's just um. So what about your spirit guides? Oh, no, question. no, my spirit guides are not in my book either. Interesting. My grimoire, <laughs> my grimoire is really more specifically toward my craft. So I don't have anything about Brigid necessarily in here. I don't really necessarily have anything about my spirit guides in I'm here. I'm curious, but, but, do you not consider them part of your craft? Yeah, because don't my they help guides? you with your divination? Yeah. Well, they do, but I, 
again, it my spirit guides and my relationship with Brigid are a separate thing for me from what I do as a witch as far as my spellcraft. Holy shit, that's really like confusing. That. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, no, no, it definitely works for you. It's yeah, just yeah. confusing to me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. But you, know, you do have a separate book that you keep some of that yes. stuff in. Okay. I, ha- I have a separate book that I keep my oh, um, divination more journally, like that I keep record my visions in. I record right. dreams in it. I record. Um, I write down the things you say during scrying sessions. Right, yeah. scrying sessions. I have a separate journal for that. Okay. My grimoire is really more specifically geared again toward right. the craft. So in so this here, is a case maybe of where. You know, you might have different books for different purposes. Yes, exactly. And so far, I've not felt a need or a desire even because I'm really not religious. Right. Um, I have not felt a desire or a need to include that in my grimoire because I have a separate book for any of my spiritual journey. Right. Um, that comes through meditation and so communication with the goddess. so interesting separate things. Yeah, it's very <laughs> separate for me. So for me, though, what I have in here, I guess that would be toward my philosophy as a witch, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, or, or how I view my walk as a witch. Like, for instance, I have borrowed from Wicca and mm-hmm. tailored it to myself, mm-hmm. the 13 goals of a witch. Um, I do information in here on the rule of or the law of three which is essentially um if you send something out that energy can be returned to you threefold but there are other things you can do besides that like i have the nine pagan virtues right Exactly. Um, and heathens have the nine noble virtues, which right. you may be surprised to learn these are not the same virtues. No, they're not. not I think three of them. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. And like arguably truth and integrity. Yeah, arguably. Arguably. So maybe four. <laughs> yeah. Three to four similarities. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on what your path is, what you want to put in there as far right. as religion. Yeah. And, and, well, and, and the thing is, and like, if you're... that as a conversation on deities. Uh, well, and well, you went off to, we had yeah, yeah. continued on to, like, describing your path right. and right. Like, listing the laws of your tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are, like, if you, if you don't have, like, a specific tradition, like, if you're a self-taught witch or mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. Um, it may be worth it to you to sit down and think about, like, okay, what are the rules I'm going to follow when I do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's very important. Because I, especially if you are a witch or a pagan who uses spellcraft... You need to decide for yourself where, what is your morality? Well, no, I'm not and even... And how do you, how do you conduct yourself in the world? Sure, sure. You, I mean, you could do that, but I'm not even saying like exclusively that you need to like make a list of moral rules for yourself. Oh, I'm not saying that necessarily um, either. If you're self-taught and you don't have like a tradition giving you a, a list of, of mm-hmm. guidelines, it may be worth it to you to sit down and generate some just to sort of decide... Mm-hmm. where you're going with this. I think we both just said the same thing, but differently. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is that, like, it, it may not be, like, you you want to make a list of moral rules for, like, or, 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 or the ethics of what your spellcraft is. Mm-hmm. You may want to say, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to focus on candle spells and using herbs. Um, the other, sort of the last thing that you would do during this part of, of the book creation, uh, I think, is dedicating yourself um, as distinct from dedicating your book to its purpose, it's time to dedicate yourself to your purpose, especially if this mm-hmm. is your first grimoire and you're just starting mm-hmm. your path. Um, it's important to, you know, record somewhere what your name is, what you're doing, where you want to go. Right. 
Uh, and, you know, if you have an initiatory tradition that has a guide for that, you know, that's cool. And if you don't, then, you know, make one for yourself. I think right. that's important. And there's a, so with the ADF, mm-hmm. through the dedicant manual, they actually gave us a an example of a first oath mm. to, to go with. Right. So I took that example and I blended in me right. into it. And then did that. And so, are so those, that's in my book. Are those oaths to your gods? or? Yeah, they are. Yep. They're I'm oaths curious. to your gods plus to the people in your grove, if you have right. one, talking about the fact that you're on this druid path and right. that you're going to stick with it and that kind of right. stuff. So How how seriously are oaths taken in, in the ADF? Because like in heathenry, very. in heathenry, like an oath is like a, like a binding contract. Pretty like. much the same thing. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um, yeah, very seriously. And as a matter of fact, one of the one of the nine virtues is about you know, your honoring oaths. your oaths. Yeah, honoring your yeah. oaths. Yeah. So very, very important. Yeah. So I've had a blast doing, you know, right. kind of getting started in this. I don't know. Book of Shadows sounds like the wrong Grim- word. Grimoire, Grimoire probably yeah, is more correct for what I'm doing. Um, is there is there an ADF word for for this book? No. No, they really don't do anything like this. So this is somewhat different. Right. If you're on the dedicant path in the ADF, which not a, I think probably maybe maybe half of mm-hmm. the people who are part of the ADF or go to the dedicant path. Right. You think most people are lay people? Yeah, most people are just lay people and yeah. they want to, you know. And so the dedicant path is really the first step towards becoming clergy within the right. ADF. So. Um, you do the dedicant path, and then you have another path, and then you have the clergy path. So right. You know, it's... It's tears. Right. It tears, and it takes a while to get there. And, and so... And it's three, appropriately. <laughs> appropriately, yes. So as you are doing your dedicant path, you're building a, a uh, an amount of writing mm-hmm. that you're doing for that. But it's um, never... A lot of people have blogged that. Uh-huh. So you can actually go read what they've done. Right. Um, I think mine's probably a little bit more personal than, than I academic. would be super comfortable like throwing up on a blog right. somewhere. So with that said, I'm you know doing You're it doing into a book. Right. I'm doing it in a grimoire so that I'll have it mm-hmm. and we'll see where it goes from there. You know, who knows? I may get into the magic part of it. I may not ever. Right. Just, yeah. Is know, there is there a magical um, tradition in the ADF? Yeah, there is. Yeah. Okay. I think it really depends on the individual and what calls to them. Sure. Uh, again, there I are mean, a druids lot. are were considered magical magic beings. people. Yeah. 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 So. And there are a lot of Wiccans. I know that um, that do not practice any kind of spellcraft. Right. Who are it just is, religious. It Wiccans. is strictly right. a, re- a religious practice for them. That's the reason why I don't call myself a Wiccan is because mm-hmm. I don't have a religious practice. I am a witch. Right. I practice well, and you the don't, craft. You don't do the whole god and goddess thing. No, I, I, you know, it's, uh, but my, my point is that I do have a relationship with Brigid. It's oh, just, yeah. so it makes. It's just different. It's just different. It's yeah. hard. It's for complicated. Me. Yeah. It's complicated and it's hard for me to explain. And we'll throw up a ThoughtCo thing on self-dedication ritual that yeah. they have up there for solitary Yeah, Quinn, did you, cool. did you have a, like, a dedication process with, like, once, like, not when you were Wiccan, because I, I suspect you did when you were Wiccan. But, I did when I was Wiccan. But, Wiccans generally do a, a year and a day yeah. uh, learning process, and then at the end of that... They do a dedication. You do a dedication, a self-dedication so, if you're a solitary. So did you do a dedication for yourself as a secular witch? Um, not or really. Or did you just not really consider it I just like, didn't necessary. really consider it necessary. I was more of a, this is who, an, an, an acceptance and understanding of who I am. And I kind of felt like 
when I began, when I dedicated my grimoire mm-hmm. on Ostara last year, and when I started, when I wrote my 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 spell and my dedication and did all the things that I needed to do to start creating my book, mm-hmm. I felt like that was my declaration of intent. Like, cool. okay, this is who I am. This is how I live. I so, am, I so, am a witch. So sort of starting the book was your self-dedication. It was my self-dedication. Yeah. Interesting. Because I didn't really come up with the, you know, I didn't even. You didn't do like a ritual. I or... didn't do a ritual. Well, sort of. I mean, you did for the book. I did but... for the book. <laughs> but I didn't do a specific dedication ritual. Right. right. I did a, a ritual, if you will, or, a, you know, created a circle and, and dedicated my book. And in that process, declared for myself who I am. That's cool. Gotcha. So, all right. Well, I think we probably need to wrap up. Yeah, I think we've we've covered sort of the 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 main points of the early part of your of your book of shadows or grimoire and yep. trip down many a bunny trail. Yes, well, we do that. <laughs> um, let's see what's next. Correspondence the... tables. Yeah, we're gonna be doing correspondences, moon um... phases, herbs, stones, and crystals. Mm-hmm. You name it. If it has a correspondence, we'll. Try to talk about it. In the next build your book In the next build the book. But I think we'll also have another Sabbat uh, Wheel yeah, of the Year what's, coming what's up. Coming that next? will be Beltane. Beltane, okay. yeah. So we'll have a probably a Beltane episode and then another Building Your Book episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's crazy how this is kind of like, uh-huh. we were going to do this once a month. Now we're, now we're twice, twice a month. A month. <laughs> sometimes um, three. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> three times a month. <laughs> For you guys, thank you all so much for listening. Yeah. Our listership has just exploded here recently. Yeah, it's been like astonishing it to watch the numbers. We like... basically started, well, not even basically. We started December 30th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with our first upload. So from December 30th until the end of February, we had 2,142 or something like that. Around 2,100 Listeners. listeners, listeners, or people, well, not listeners, well, but people, like yeah. individual downloads, individual yeah. downloads of episodes. Mm-hmm. In March, um, last time I looked, we were about two hundred and fifty away from hitting that same number, like doubling. <laughs> Double. So, so, well, we, so, so in March, we will have as much as we had all of February, right. all of January, and two days of December. Right. Yeah. So, and I, I also want to say thank you to the people who have uh, reached out to us with their comments. Yeah, yeah. we that love means so when you guys to comment to us and, and you reach out to us in the contact forms. It's so nice to know that there are real people behind those numbers because yeah. I don't understand those numbers. <laughs> we just we just flip out every time. I we just see, see the numbers and I'm impressed by them, but I don't like get them. I don't know where they come from. I like to like... I like to get names and hear your words and know that you're real people actually listening. So it's so nice when you guys contact us or you get into the comments. We love that. If you could, we have a Discord. I would love to meet you guys in the Discord. Yeah. Absolutely. So go to our Discord server. We'll link to that as Mm -hmm. well. And Um, also we have a kitten. Patreon or Patreon. Oh, yeah. Patreon. We have yeah, a kitten. Yeah. They're we, looking at me like, what? Yeah. We yeah. have a kitten. I was like, wait a second. I don't Is remember. Is it hidden in a basket a somewhere? Surely Dad would have noticed with no, the No, we have a kitten on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have a yeah. Patreon and the, account the, the now first, that just started. Yeah, it started mm-hmm. last week. Oh. Last week, yeah. 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 And the, uh, the first reward tier is that we kittens. call you a kitten. I <laughs> love you, kittens. Um, so we have one kitten. Thank you. We love you. You're adorable. <laughs> to quote our Patreon, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yesterday, Gwen was showing me 
clips of kittens. Um, (laughs) um, So I'll imagine you as one of those kittens. Um, But so we have a Patreon with several... Multiple tiers. Yeah, multiple, multiple tiers. Some of them have what I think are really cool, I guess, rewards... Yeah, one of them, you actually can get to listen to us record this live. So before all of our editing (laughs) and us talking about stuff in between that Uh I then edit out and and all of our goofs and mistakes. And 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 you can hear how many times we actually say the word um (laughs) that you never get to hear because I literally go through and delete as many of them as I can. Mm -hmm. And with that, um, there we go. (laughs) With that, with that reward also comes access to a private channel on the discord server that car will be monitoring during recording where if you ask us a question in the text channel, and it's and it's interesting and relevant. We might answer it on the podcast, right? And what we can start doing if we have people interested in doing that, we can start putting on our calendar when we're going to mm-hmm. be recording, yep. so yeah. that you will know when to join the conversation. Right. Yeah. We'll Most start of the actually time scheduling. It's on the weekend. Yeah, Saturdays or Sundays. Yeah, Saturday or Sunday usually, uh, just because we all have lives outside right. of outside of you know. Just doing this just podcast. podcast, yeah. And then there's goals there as well. So mm-hmm. if we reach 750, then Ode goes to full time on the podcast. Yep. If we do, and we move to a weekly schedule. Yes, and we move to a weekly schedule. Which means you get these episodes much faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I don't. Know, I think it's 2500. Yeah, is, is is when Gwen joins me Gwen, as full time. Yeah, joins you as full time. And then you get weekly blog updates. Right. Daily. Oh, daily. Up, daily. Daily blog, blog updates. updates. Yeah. If we hit the five thousand yeah. uh, a month thing, me. then I get to do this full time too. Mm-hmm. So then all three of us will be doing this full time, and we'll be able to travel, travel, go out, do and interviews. See you all. Yep. yep, yeah. So I mean, so that's... if you if you want to see this podcast grow, Patreon's the way to do it. Yeah, see us on the Patreon. Yep. But lots of cool other things Because we don't, <laughs> we do these reviews. We get, you know, the copy of Magnus Sigillorum, Magnus Lieber Sigillorum, but they don't pay us. Like, <laughs> right, right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And if you have something you'd like us to review, please. Yeah, send us stuff you, if you've got yeah. like a, like a pagan product that you, that you'd like to see reviewed on the podcast. We would um, love to do it. Yeah, because the next one, aren't we doing um, a spellcrafting? Yeah, we're doing... Some salts salt and and rices that are for specific. I really am looking forward. I to so am I. I we, <laughs> Gwen and I have been using them, and they're. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to give don't you a spoiler, spoil but there's a review coming. Spoilers. There's a review coming, uh, in the next couple of weeks. So look yeah. forward to that. And then I'd also like to say that on our website, threepagansandacat.com, uh, if you go to, I believe, is it services? Yeah, services. Um, you can find a page for me. I am a psychic medium. I do readings for people, spiritual readings. And so there's a whole list of, of different of services, things, of services and how you can contact me if you would like a spiritual reading or a tarot reading mm-hmm. or something of that nature. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much. We never end these well, doggone it. We're going to figure out a way to end one of these things. Someday. Someday. Yeah, good luck with that. (laughs) Bye. You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com.